0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee and this is the Autosport Podcast. In a week when there were stories around getting rid of Formula One free practice, the Australian weather seemed to do that for us. Let's get into what happened today. If you weren't up in the early hours of the morning, that's okay. Somebody was. The editor of Autosport.com Hayden Cobb joins us back on the podcast today for the Friday edition. How are you doing? Hello, I'm I'm all
1: good. I've had a couple of coffees and I'm still firing <laughs> on all cylinders. So yeah, happy to
0: to join you this morning. I had a relatively sociable 5:30 alarm go this morning to watch FP2, and I'll, I'll go back and watch FP1 on catch up. But you've been up since very very early to do all the live coverage. Uh, and I was right, I was noti- yeah. noticing today that even in I, you know I, I obviously we're based in the UK English language website but I noticed that even today the the live text that you and your team do on autosport.com was still doing really well I was looking at the kind of engagement I guess, whatever you call it in these digital worlds, but the uh, you know how how many people were tuned into that and it was still really really high so even though it's the middle of the night you still you know we're still there providing that service and the fans are up enjoying Oh it. yeah
1: uh, definitely you know it was it was a party at that time uh, obviously we've got uh, people uh, tuning in all over the world. Um, so, yeah, for, for some people in time zones, it's 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 perfect for them. Um, less so, obviously, uh, <laughs> European-based ones and, and even less so for, for US-based because it really is sort of the middle of the night for, for, for them or early evening. But, no, we had a good time. And and to be fair, first practice for the Australian Grand Prix was, was well worth the watch because of the... Uh, inevitable sort of washout that was forecasted in fp2
0: well absolutely tell us about free practice one first of all that really was in the middle of the night and obviously it's a street circuit it's green we have some different support series there was a podcast a couple of days ago and we talked to the Autosport young driver award winner luke browning before he got on a plane to fly to australia and take part in fia f3 which is on the on the bill this weekend catch that podcast a couple of days ago in your feed but so yeah so a different support Bunch of support series in Australia, but still a very green track. Tell us about FP1. What happened?
1: Yeah, it was a your traditional FP1 uh, session in terms of everyone mm. sort of finding their limits. Few lockups here and there. The, yeah, the track was relatively green despite the couple of uh, yeah F2 F3 practice sessions before it. But um, it was yeah, normally you go until about with about twenty minutes to go. Um, the both us in the media and the teams perhaps more pressingly completely lost the gps tracking data system um which sounds boring but it's quite important because as as you may have guessed it's it's what the teams use to find out where all the cars are on the track when they perhaps can't see them on on the screen and that and that helps for traffic given that you've got cars on quick laps and slow laps during practice and not all going at, at full pelt. Uh, and so that meant it just it literally did become quite quite dangerous. There were so many sort of near misses of cars that were unsighted or, or mm. um, sort of blind to to what was around them because they were expecting their engineers to tell them oh uh, Perez behind approaching like that. Fortunately, they got away with it. There was no major incident, but um, the race director red flagged the session uh, to do sort of basically a reset of of the system. It turns out what what triggered it, as as our colleagues from Albert Park um, have have since found out, that it was the tire data uh, tracker that, that that both teams and the media and, and fans can use and follow that triggered the whole data sort of freeze. <laughs> um, and then triggered where they couldn't find them on the, on the track. So they, th- thankfully they solved that, gave it a reset, and we were fine to go nine, with no, uh, nine minutes after. So there was only a, a brief halt. Uh, but the session actually did end uh, slightly early, four minutes early, I think, because Logan Sargent's uh, Williams conked out with an electrical issue, and that inf- ended up ruling him out of the tyre uh, second practice mm-hmm. later in the day as the team investigated the issue. But yeah, to, to, to end it sort of, First practice, Verstappen was on on top from Hamilton by uh, just over four tenths of a second, and and he again in the dry running because it was a fully dry session. He looked very very strong, sort of what you expect from Red Bull, and and Perez was was third. Uh, he I believe from memory he had his best lap sort of held up by by that traffic as that we talked about. So probably didn't get the cleanest lap in that he would have wanted.
0: Well, in FP2, Fernando Alonso led the session, followed by Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen. Little meaningful dry running uh, because of the rain arriving at Albert Park. Carlos Sainz initially setting the benchmark times. Then Alonso went top on the mediums, but then rain started uh, in the first half of the session. That was challenging conditions. We saw the conditions worsen. People were going off. George Russell tried the intermediates. The Ferrari drivers tried the softs, but it was too wet for those and not wet enough for the intermediates and so we saw that the top 10 times not really changing alonso leclerc verstappen russell science but kind of meaningless because well firstly perez in fp2 perez was on a flyer but got blocked by one of the alfa romeos yeah think, he, he, had a, he had a he had a had a tough day with traffic it must be said yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah you you're right what- All these drivers have forgotten what it's like to race in feeder series. They've all forgotten about (laughs) F2 and F3, where you haven't got the engineers in your ear every two corners saying, you know, so-and-so, five seconds behind, closing speed this. You don't get that in the feeder series. Well, I mean, you could do. They have the GPS data. Uh, But now they're all complaining when GPS goes, like, come on. You know, you used to do this when you're working your way up to Formula One. And so, of course, in FP1, for any new listeners to the podcast, in free practice one, they don't tend to do the quickest times. They don't take the fuel out. They don't tend to do that long run pace to give them an indication of, of Sunday and what the tyre strategies could be. But then, of course, the rain arrived. Now, was the rain forecast and predicted? Because to me, it seemed like the teams were caught out. And this has thrown everything up in the air for qualifying and the race. It was. So there was rain
1: forecast but it was one of those will it pass us over and it'll be a light shower or nothing at all and we can just get on through with it or will it be that that stuff that gets you wet through, soaked through and it ended up being the the stuff that gets you soaked through Um, which I, I think is partly what the teams there's nothing they can do about it when it appears but they did get out all all of the teams got out early in the session to try and get as much running as it as it turns out yeah I think it hit about 13 minutes or so into the session so and there was no real sort of soft tire or qualifying sims done in that in that space so yeah they are blind in that sense but again that's it's part of part of what happens when you have practice um that goes dry to wet or wet to dry it's that in between of nobody really gets what they want from it um yeah was of the chat talking about uh Carly wanting to Change practice or, or cut down on practice. Well, the weather did it for us today, really. But um, the team still got laps in. That it was their first time with the 2023 cars in the wet, so they would have had some useful data for, and knowledge from that for for when the rain inevitably returns
0: at some point in the season. So we know from the dry running that we saw that at least on the fuel loads that were there, that the Red Bulls at least look quick. That the Aston Martins at least look quick again third race of the season and a very different kind of track and four DRS zones as well. But from what we've learned from the writers that will be filing pieces for your website at autosport.com, we think that we've learned that the fast teams are still pretty fast in Australia. Is that fair?
1: That's totally fair. Yeah, the the pecking order is probably not too different to what we've seen from from the last couple of races. That's perhaps no surprise given the relatively limited upgrade and, and turnaround time um, but yeah, yeah, you would you'd still put Red Bull as as the head of the field. Aston Martin looked strong. Ferrari probably were the biggest ones to probably curse the rain hitting when it did, because obviously their biggest problem has been has been race pace and, and eating through the tires too quickly. So a dry, a representative FP two would have been perfect for that long run uh, stint, just to get a, a grip on the tires and see what's see what's happening. And then they've obviously not had that, like everyone else. Granted, but they're. Yeah, they, they, they may be sort of a bit disappointed by that. But um, yeah. um apart from that, the pecking order is, is largely
0: still the same. And of course, we saw limited running in free practice too because of the weather. But did we see the teams bolting on any significant new upgrade parts that were notable?
1: Not in terms of an outright sort of new spec car. Or big mm. spec, it's, it's too early for that. Mercedes themselves actually are, are, um, today confirmed that their first big upgrade in fact won't be ready until... The Emilia Romagna Grand Prix at Imola in in May, they were originally hoping to be making it, make it available sort of Miami uh, or, or a couple of races before yeah. that Imola round, but it turns out that yeah, it's going to need a bit more work, which is which is understandable given that they're, they're effectively changing their their concept. So so from you, your front runners there, you've got you've got bits and pieces front new front ring or spec of front wings and and things like that, but in terms of yeah, outright new concepts or massive overhauls it, it's it's fairly well contained just because of the the times and the 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 constraints within the cost cap that,
0: that all the teams are facing this year absolutely all right well look we'll take a quick break when we come back we'll have a look at the biggest stories that have appeared on the website on autosport.com this week and also in the subscriber area the plus area where our long reads and in-depth analysis go we'll take a look at what's been making the news and some of the big headline stories and of course we'll talk about that that story about free practice sessions perhaps going on a friday what was that story all about we're going to find out next stick around
1: instacart shoppers no groceries they know that you can't make guacamole with rock hard avocados they know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find and they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time, minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart.
0: All right, welcome back to the podcast. Let's get into some of the big stories this week. Then we'll get into Stefano Domenicali. He is the CEO of Formula One, and he was talking about, to somebody, uh, a channel about MotoGP. They happened to throw, a, I don't know it was a curveball or a question where they weren't ex- expecting it. And he happened to mention about free practice in Formula One that it's really there for the engineers, for the nerds. It gathers data and doesn't do a lot for the fans. And that was kind of reported. And I want to know the truth about this. Whether it was this is what he said or not uh, that free practice sessions could be going in Formula One, or well, that would be his that would be his wish. What was really behind that story?
1: Yeah, so uh, Domenico Carli has uh, since clarified those comments to to our friends at, at Sky Sports after uh, practice and speaking to our colleagues in in the paddock as well. And it wasn't necessarily or he is whether he's backtracking or not you can make up your own mind, but it wasn't necessarily a, a case for getting rid of all practice. It was more of basically increasing or or helping in terms of making more competitive sessions. For for every day of track action, or 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 on each day, one of the sort of the ideas that perhaps I don't think will be followed through, but the sort of concept they're going for is say say if there's an extra championship point for topping practice, for example, that that sort of idea of 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 making it worthwhile rather than just being what it is by tradition and by definition of of practice teams can run whatever plan and do whatever they want. There's no yeah. There's no threat from. Uh, not making qualifying or being handicapped in the race or anything like that. So they're looking to just to, to add more competition, add more entertainment, which is the, perhaps the key word, um, to each time Formula One is on track. Uh, it's had a mixed reception, you could say, from the drivers and teams, some for, some against, perhaps, surprisingly. but that sort of saying, don't want to m- mess with the DNA of Formula One too much. Uh, whereas others are saying, well, yeah, we, we're not, not against the idea, but in terms of cutting down practice because you have F2, F3 that only have one practice session, whereas Formula One have, have triple that mm. uh, every single Grand Prix weekend. Mm. Um, so in their minds, it was, if you're going to do it, you, you'd still keep practice as literally practice, so so a non-competitive session, but maybe you do cut down here or there depending on where they are and what's going on on the schedules. So there's a few ideas throwing about, but... It, practice is, is here to stay for now let's say uh, it's not going not going anywhere don't worry you still have your fb2 and fb <laughs> sort of long run pace analysis that we can look forward to
0: oh we do uh formula one fans do like a drama if they can pick up on a story and, and run in the wrong direction with it now talking about what's on the website this week i always love the comment section i love the Autosport forums as well but i do like the comments because i like to see what you know the, the discussion's all about some are good Some are like the internet comment sections that you can imagine. Uh, But uh, there was one I saw yesterday which seemed to set the website alight. the FIA is clamping down on Formula One teams and the pit wall celebrations. And that's one of the bits of Formula One that I hadn't realized I quite liked until I was told that I wasn't going to have it anymore, which I think seemed to be the running theme through the comments that, well, we're told, no, the teams can't come onto the pit wall and, uh, you know, wave their fists in the air and cheer their driver on. Now that's going to be banned. I'm like, well, I want that. I didn't realize I wanted it, but it has to do with, leaving their own pit box. There is a regulation in place. It's not a a new regulation they're having to put in place to enforce this. It seems a little bit like the fun police, but I kind of get the safety aspect as well. You don't want an engineer falling onto the track or something, but what was this story all about?
1: I think you got it in a nutshell there. Oh, there we are. I've done it for you. (laughs) No, it is very much a case of, as you said, spot on. The, The rule has always, or at least for many, many has been there in terms of what teams or personnel can and, and can't do on on the pit wall, when it's all about safety, and naturally, yeah, if it was anyone else just randomly climbing up the the catch fence or through through the gaps in the pit wall, um, they'd be in a lot of trouble. But um, yeah, it's that moment, I guess, where the rules are are relaxed, you could say, when when the the winning teams or they know their cars coming in to, to cross the finish line as the winners, they they can celebrate and and get and to be fair, get some like iconic. Christian Horna called them. Um mm. photos as well, which is always important for for, for many teams for and for many reasons. Um uh, and we've seen a lot of that um recently. I think almost anyway, you anyway get it every race, but at least the first couple of races, um, Red Bull have really, really been going for it from their mechanics. Um which which was maybe where this is this is started when they've seen it and gone, well, that's that is a bit maybe it's a bit over the top. I don't know. I'm not sort of criticizing them. I mean in terms of a safety aspect. Um there's been, yeah, the, the few of the shots you have seen. Basically, three quarters of a of a crew member that's on basically on <laughs> on the track or hovering <laughs> over it, and yeah, it only takes them to to slip like a hand or a foot, mm. and then they fall onto it. Right? and then unco- uh, sort of a fast car approaching, yeah. and they're scrambling. It's it's not going to be a pretty picture, and then the FIA as well as the teams will be in a lot of trouble if that scenario played out. So that's what they're trying to avoid, obviously. Um, is, I I do agree. It's, it is a little bit of the fun police, and the FAA have been accused of that in recent times. We talk about the the jewelry and wearing the fibre-proof underpants, which are all again all for safety, all for reasons like that. But yeah, it's it's a difficult one because rules are rules, and and you don't want to see anyone get hurt, and and this is a simple way to prevent that. So yeah, I I think it'll be perhaps maybe pointed to or come Sunday at the end of the <laughs> race we will we'll be interested to see who who does what with it but um yes uh again these, these sort of threat of penalties is it's not exactly going to lose someone a race win it, it'll probably be a slap on the wrist a fine if if the FIA think it's gone a bit too far so even if these rules are in place it won't really
0: change that much yeah, that was the key thing I looked for. I looked through our article and thought, "What's the penalty? Is it a sporting penalty? Will it, would it be a points deduction for the driver or the team?" And it would be financial. I think Aston Martin came out. I think Mike Cracks said actually, we'll will abide by the rule. And if, if anyone did leave the pit area, then they would be fined, and we're like, you know they would have to pay that because that's the engineers know the rule now. So, uh, yeah, but also. Yeah, you try and take a step back and zoom out a thousand feet as well. There was a lot of resistance to things like the halo, so and that saved lives almost instantly. It's exactly. so, yeah, yeah, you, you you know, you're spot on. It's, it's one of those uh, where it's like, yeah, you can't pick and choose really, can you? You know, if yeah. the FIA are going to be a safety led organization, yes, sort yeah, sort of got to go with you know, yeah, yeah.
1: um, yeah. And, and, and like what I say, it's it's rule that's. It's that has existed it, it will always be there it's a logical one i guess the whole what what has happened and we are part of part of the problem you could say is because it's been sort of notified and made made apparent and this is a, a sort of a, a clamp down yeah. a sort of heightening of 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 the existing rule that that creates this little uh spiral of of outcry as it were but um don't worry, we'll we'll move on uh, in a couple of weeks' time and find something else to complain about, I'm
0: sure. There'll be something else. And talking about things online that uh, our audience have been clicking on and interested in, um, Jonathan Noble also published uh, an article earlier this week on Tuesday called Mercedes knew the limits of the W14 before Bahrain, and that's all to do with something you've mentioned already, which is that... The, again I don't want to labor this point because there seems to be a, a kind of a lot of stories and and podcasts and youtube videos I watch where people are really laying into this sort of mercedes story that they're going to have a change of concept and philosophy could it be silverstone they unveil it for and a lot of people think that's about the side pods like the zero side pods idea but they might stay actually it might just be a philosophy in terms of the the underside of the car the aero how the the surfaces work and so john we put that live online and and the audience they keep clicking on these articles about mercedes and the aero the problems and the concept and can you just fill us in a little bit on on where we are with that
1: yeah so I, as is well said well documented the the current concept the mercedes are with so sort of the, the zero pod but also how it interacts with all the other key aerodynamic parts in the car the wings the, the, the venturi tunnels the floor the diffuser it hasn't deliver the performance that Mercedes were expecting. Last year, they were massively held back by the porpoising mm. and, and the rough ride. And once they got that smoothed out, they were unlocking performance. And we saw that obviously by Brazil, they they won a race on, on merit as well. Um, so they stuck with the concept, believing that, okay, a winter of development without the the issues that they faced first time around should unlock that step that that they thought was there and the data was sort of showing them. Yeah, like like you say, the wind, but they were going through the wind tunnel and and sort of getting close to Bahrain and seeing they weren't seeing the results they were expecting, mm. which is a bit of a repeat of last year. But it just ultimately, I think it's proved to them that this model, which that they are the only ones that are following this current concept that they're using, just it's quick. It's still quite look. Look, Mercedes are still third or second or fourth sort of fastest car out there, but they were only winning championships, so it isn't the fastest concept. So therefore, they are. So if I held their hands up and sort of admitted, right? We're going to change how we build a car. In so many words, mm. um, and yeah, it looks like they've. This we mentioned earlier about that from Imola, they're looking to do the first major upgrade, and it's all sort of tied into that. Of they, they know that what they have now, they can only optimise to a certain level, and they have to just completely re- revise it and redo it. And and rather than doing incrementally. It's you, I will, we will expect, and that's when and this is going to be really interesting to watch is when this first sort of package arrives. Obviously, how with the performance and how the drivers mm. find it, but like how will that compare to everyone else? What's it going to look like? It, it that visually is the easiest way to indicate of what, what they've gone for. Will it look a little bit like the Red Bull, or will it look a bit like a Ferrari, say, which would sort of have a slightly different tail, or will they go for something new? Not, not sure. They, they, they haven't sort of shied away from, from having similar sort of ideas that are already out there. Um, that's the logical way of going to it. Um, mm. But it will be fascinating to see what, what comes as, an, as and when it arrives.
0: Well, that is a rundown of uh, Friday action. Then the big stories. Oh, another another clarification, which we knew was coming, was if a driver serves a time penalty like Alonso. Uh, and uh, we, we saw the debacle, really, after Saudi Arabia that mechanics can't touch the car whilst they're serving their penalty, which uh, all became... Beca- about because the rear jack touched the car, but I'm surprised because my interpretation of that was: well, you can't touch the car, you can't, you can't get the jack ready, you can't put it. On, but the teams were all doing it, so that was how they appealed it. Uh, but that's clarified. You know, it's a five second time penalty, ten seconds or whatever time penalty. Uh, mechanics can't touch the car, which I thought was obvious, uh, but has now been clarified. <laughs> it's basket. true, it's true. Yeah. Uh, but oh now, oh it's, now it's now it's in black Set and, and white. stone. Yeah, use <laughs> <laughs> both oh, so much yeah yeah <laughs> okay uh, right thank you very much for that uh, our listeners can keep their uh, their eyeballs They listen to the podcast where there is uh, on <laughs> autosport.com uh, I wasn't even up in the middle of the night and I'm making no sense now thank you very much is, is it going to be the same for you on Saturday and Sunday that's What's right time? yeah looking forward to Ooh. to a free practice three at least now we know that they're
1: going to get some like, well they're going to need to get some more running in having mm. lost some dry time in, in free practice two so yeah, it could could be an interesting full pre-runch depending on what the weather does, of course. And then
0: qualifying,
1: as yeah. yeah, always, good fun. Alba Park's a, a wonderful circuit. That sort of turn ten eleven left-right, really quick mm. section that everyone loves. You've got an extra sort of DRS uh, zone, which you mentioned earlier. Like super super quick time. So it's gonna be it's
0: gonna be worth watching, let's put it that way. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast today, and we'll catch you on the next one.
1: Podcast Network.